Hey, everyone. Welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing terrific, Todd. It's great to be back here doing the show on Saturday and um, also being uh, live on Clubhouse as well. It's great to have everybody jump into the room today. It's always great to have everybody uh, in in the room. We're doing this as part of ClubPod, and I, I want to um, thank and, and say some appreciation out to Steve Ulsher, who started that club and has built such a uh, a large and vibrant community, um, and and definitely go go check out uh, podcast magazine um, and s- subscribe to it on his uh, website and and uh, it's it, let's get the show going, Todd. So just so everybody knows, I know we've had some feedback on the audio, and uh, I did find one setting in the TriCaster where there was an auto gain setting happening in the TriCaster, so. Audio on the live stream should be much, much better today. Uh, love to hear your feedback. If you hear any, uh, what it sounds like maybe overmodulation or anything like that. So we've done our best on our side to get things dialed in. And then, of course, uh, we're at our guest mercy when they come on on Clubhouse, depending on what type of audio interface they have. But anyway, Rob, uh, we, we've uh, we've had a busy week. I've had a busy week. Yes, it has been a busy week with some big announcements. I know we've been teasing about this announcement for, I don't know, a couple months now on this show, and everybody's like, oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally, we're, we're able to talk about Samsung joining the, the podcasting industry and uh, you know putting out an app for their Galaxy devices. So it's an exciting, exciting week to have those guys join the party just purely from the perspective of getting Android more involved. Yeah, in and... And I was surprised that in the announcement, of course, I saw the announcement a couple of weeks ago uh, as we signed off on the on the PR campaign, was that just you, Libsyn and Blueberry, were the only two po- podcast hosts that uh, were launch partners with them. So I, you know, I I think what we're already going to see and what I've already saw is a number of podcasts. Well, here's another thing too: is the the launch is how do i want to describe it paced i guess that's the best word to say it's a paced uh launch it's not like you know fifty thousand people can go over there and apply to be part of the samsung platform and uh, we're doing just as you guys are doing rob we're having people you know we had an initial hundred or so shows that we sent over and then uh they are uh, now doesn't basically tell us when we can roll out to more to more podcasts i think you guys are working under the same constraint yeah yeah i mean they want to walk before they they run here with the infrastructure that they've built which is all all new but they they want to bring in podcasts um you know a little slower at the beginning i this is the same pattern that we saw with uh, other launches um one good example is this is kind of how to some degree even spotify launched slower than this so uh, if you, if, you know, for those that haven't been around the medium a long time, this is not an unusual launch. We saw a little bit of this happen with Pandora too. So th- there was just a, a ramp up on the technology side is what happened in their comfortable uh, processes on there and making sure that things get, uh, get handled properly without making mistakes. I mean, a large company like Samsung uh, has uh, processes that they have to go through to make sure that uh, everybody's happy. 
<laughs> so, you know, I did play around a little bit with the with the functionality and we, we should mention that um even though that this is a United States based launch for Samsung, it is on a limited number of, of phones and tablets. It's typically the S twenty series and above yep. that the availability is and it's it's actually Samsung uh it's on the Samsung free app and it's real simple to find it if you've got one of these types of phones and you've got Samsung free app installed. And for most folks, it's going to be the swipe to the right with the with your phone to basically bring Samsung free uh, first and foremost if you're not using Bixby. And there's a listen button and you'll see all the all the podcasts that are in the in the library currently um, on there. And I was actually uh, the the. Here's the interesting part, Rob, the, the podcast. So they're, they've got some, they're highlighting number one. They're highlighting is the welcome to the Sarah Silverman podcast. Number two, CNN's five things for March. Number three, this American life. Number four, hidden brain and number five, sort of in scale daily, which I was kind of surprised to see there. Mm -hmm. But, um, the categories are broke down by comedy, news, society, business, arts, science and medicine, sports and recreation, tech, TV, health, education, religion, music, kids, games, and government. So really kind of the original, almost top-level categories for um, that were similar to uh, Apple Podcasts. And I, I here's what it kind of looks like. Of course, Rob, um, I don't know if you'll be able to see that. The folks yeah, on yeah, I can see it fine. It's just that I... The clubhouse folks can't see yeah, it. Yeah, they, they can't see it. But the, the app on his uh, phone. And you can uh, subscribe yeah. on the Samsung free app. So that is they something. Change the, the, the name from subscribe to follow. I don't know if they're going to or not. That hasn't been um, communicated that they're going to make that change. But they did say also that it's Sam, it's, it's Samsung podcast is what right. they're called. Yeah. So, uh, so that listen thing is not necessarily the the name of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, it it says or, listen is the name of the app or right. or listen is the tab, excuse me. Listen is the tab under the Samsung free app and then it says Samsung podcast right next to it. Yeah. So but, as you I don't I refer to this that's the that's the name that you would use. So. Yeah, it's it's actually called free. And when it right, when the yeah. app loads it's called free. It's a Samsung free app. And um, pre preloaded, they did an update to, uh, to that app. I actually saw the notification come in the morning of the launch. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think what, which, you know, I had an interview on this yesterday. And I think what we've got, Rob, is this is, is truly, now if you think about what has happened here, Apple can be considered an OEM, original equipment manufacturer. Right. So Apple launched a number of years ago and put the podcast app as a default load mm -hmm. when you bought the phone. You didn't have to go get another, you, you know, for a while you did, but then they loaded it by default. Now, every new Samsung phone with the Samsung will be preloaded with the mm -hmm. Samsung free app with every phone. So they're truly the second OEM right. that have made podcasting native to their device and 
some will say, well, Google did. Well, Google, when you buy an Android phone from, let's say you buy a LG or some third-party phone and, and you get a certain number of Google apps, you do not get Google Podcast by right. default. Right. It's not the same kind of thing. Plus, also, we have to keep in mind, too, is an older Samsung devices right. uh, don't automatically get this either. And that's the thing about Android that's quite different is that not all of the phones get updated like um, is generally the case with Apple. Apple does cut off after a while, but most phones get updated, right? Um, yep. That's just not the case with the Samsung or Android just in general. Um, so, so you know, this is going to roll out from here forward, and it is going to be on the Galaxy Note 10 series as well. So... So those are... Uh, oh, okay. Those, so I missed that one. Right, right. It's got the Galaxy S10 and the Galaxy Note 10 also. So, you know, this to me is really big. Now, I can't, we can't talk. And we, you know, I, I have, both Rob and I are still under NDA and we kind of know maybe what Samsung's doing in the future. Mm-hmm. But I think this is just their start. I would just say that. Yeah. And they've got a pretty big team that's mm-hmm. focused on this. Uh, we met with them a number of times and I, and I'll, you know, I'll just say for the record, we did at least blueberry did encourage them to have the ability to more quickly onboard podcast and make it, um, I guess for a better word, a little, less cumbersome because when you do go to apply and when you do get your invite to come in and apply for Samsung podcast, there is several steps that you have to take. Primarily you have to set up a Samsung account right. and create an organization over there. Now it's, you know, it's not too bad Four or five steps in a PDF to get your account set up. You'll actually end up with a Samsung email. You'll have yeah, the long run that you have that. So. Yeah, it's better that you own that yourself. So whatever data, and this is what we're telling podcasters is, it's just like Apple Podcasts. You have to own your login at Apple Podcasts. You need to own your login at Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so forth. Many of you that are on some certain hosting platforms do not own your Apple Podcast listing. So because your hosting provider submitted your show for you and basically st- stole your IP, um, well, it, it, it blocked your access to deeper metrics that would be available off of that particular listening platform. And more and more of these big platforms are giving access to deeper data, um, off of those specific platforms. All right. Absolutely. So and if some of you are wondering, I'm talking through Rob's account, I'm muted up to on the yeah. stage on, on clubhouse just because of the where we're, we've got this thing wired in. But yeah. uh, for those of you that join us on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and Twitter today, make sure you say hello. We want you to check in. I want to thank Matt, Stephanie, and Mike, and a number of others that are live with us now on the live video stream. If you're on Clubhouse and you do want to see how we do this live, you can go to newmediashow.com forward slash live. Give you a chance to subscribe to the show while you're over there. Or subscribe yeah. and follow. Right. <laughs> but, right. you know, but I, I think this this move by Samsung is, it's major. You know, it, it's a major, you think about the worldwide reach they have when they expand this beyond the United States. 
you know, they, they have a huge global market share. Huge. Mm-hmm. Well, you just think about the reality of Android. You know, yeah. On a global scale, they're, they're 80% of the mobile phone market. So right. just think about the, the growth opportunity that may be ahead for podcasting on the listener side um, outside of the U.S. primarily. So that's, I mean, Apple's got a stronger market share in the U.S., than they do outside of the U.S. So you start thinking about the international aspect of this, and that's why Todd and I are so excited about it because outside of the U.S. is where we—that's that's where we're going to see the most growth as you look to the future. But Rob, we also have to acknowledge that yeah. because this is limited to the newer phones and some of the higher end phones, it's going to be slow. It's going to be slow, and right. so for the United States market makes sense the most because from an economic standpoint. People in the United States, Japan, Korea, you know, can f- afford to buy an S20 or an S21. Mm-hmm. And more, I guess, less economical, stable countries probably will not. They'll be buying, they'll still going to be buying Samsung phones, but they're going to be lower models. But what I would expect is over the next couple of years, this will ramp up quite a bit because I cannot foresee them not releasing the Samsung free app in some form or another to everyone on every new phone going forward. Uh, right. So that will help grow the, you know, the Android penetration. And I'll say this again for all of you that are, are listening right now. Um, um, and I'm just going to be rude. Many of you are doing a bad job promoting Android. I listen to over a hundred new shows every two weeks and um, about 90% of you never mention Android. You, you, you know, you, you may mention Spotify, which is available on both Android and, and, and Apple, but you don't specifically talk about Android devices and Google podcasts and all the other apps are available for, for Android. And it really irritates me, you know, blueberry we've been, really, really focused to make sure our podcasters know Android is a viable platform. And that's why our penetration on Android is very, very high because we've supported easy subscribability to podcasts and Android for, for a number of years, more than probably more than six or seven at this point. But again and again, it's, you know, podcasters are getting better, Rob, but it's always, I'm, Hey, listen on Apple podcasts, listen on Google. I mean, listen on Spotify and, and that's it. Yeah. I don't use Spotify and a lot of people don't. So from an Android user, how do I listen to you? Or if, you know, if I found you, maybe they're not listening. So they don't know they're missing those people. Yeah. I think Todd, that's, that issue is going to be, you know, it's going to, going to change and yeah. it's going to go away. I mean, I think Samsung getting involved in this, um, uh, in, in Google, you know, I think o- over time this issue is going to go away, but there has been, I mean, if you look at the history of the podcasting medium, it's been heavily weighted towards Apple devices. I mean, that's the honest truth. I mean, that's where it started. That's where the strongest consumption is. If you look at the, the listening platforms, I mean, like you're probably showing the same thing that, uh, Lipson is, I mean, we're, we're showing about 59, 60% of, uh, all downloads coming through the Apple ecosystem which is iOS only. So, I mean, it's, it's not surprising that we see podcasters promoting primarily iOS, but, but yeah, I mean, as you look to the future, I think we need to open our minds a little bit to expand 
um, our efforts to promote listeners over on that, that side. Cause that's probably where the growth is going to come from. Now I will say that, uh, February, I, matter of fact, I ran the report yesterday for a, for a client, yeah. um, February numbers. Now, if we include overcast and all the other Apple related podcast apps, we're at that 58 mark itself, but Apple podcast by itself last month went 49% at, at Blueberry Road, Apple Core Media. So that includes some other apps too. So we were at 49% Apple penetration last month, but with the uh, Pocket Cast and Overcast and all the other third-party apps would have got us to 48, uh, 58%, 59% Apple ecosystem uh, market share. But this is the first time Apple Podcast directly has been below 50% ever for us. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, they've been on the teetering on the edge because, again, it depends on how you look at this. If you're looking at this as purely for Apple Podcast, but still 50% of the market. And, and Spotify is like 7%, 8% for us. And that's, you know, that's 85,000 shows. That's a global look at 85,000 shows. So, yeah. Well, and this ultimately will, will splinter the, the overall audience too, but in some ways, um, additive. Yeah. It's, it's going to be additive. I, I would think, especially if you look outside of the, the U S so, yeah. So it's an exciting time. I'm we're, we're both excited about, uh, Samsung joining the podcasting medium. Um, and, and we're going to be supporting them and helping them in all the ways we can and helping podcasters get in there too, as, as this rolls out. And there is a form that you can, you can fill out and, and apply. I, I believe Todd, you have one as well. Yeah, we have one and you can go to blueberry.com and the link basically in our blog. If you go to podcastinsider.com, which just basically redirects to a Blueberry blog page, you'll find the link to the application. Same thing so, on Libsyn. You guys put it on your blog. Right. Right. So what we could do at this point, Todd, is we could open it up to the Clubhouse um, audience here. And if they had any questions about the Samsung uh, launch or whatever, we can pull them up on stage. So if, any, if anybody listening here on Clubhouse would like to come up on stage and ask a question or um, make a comment about it, you're, you know, just raise your hand and we'd be happy to pull you up on stage. So does anybody want to take the, the invite? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll wait for a second here. But, yeah. Uh, so, and, you know, I think overall though, if we look at where this is um, taking the space, then, you know, we can count on a couple of hands, <laughs> maybe one hand, right all the major mobile players that are left um, that maybe this is going to push them into natively supporting. And again, I'm using the word natively right. being that it, when they buy the phone, there's podcast support built into the phone one of one form or another, yeah. not have to go download another app. Yeah, I think some people though, in the past have, have, not really use the Samsung apps. So I, I, I think that's why it's going to be important probably for podcasters to, to promote that listening platform. Uh, so people don't, you know, the user experience is great. It's, it's, it's just like any podcast app. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, looks like, uh, Meg 
has has stepped up. I think she's coming up on stage in a second here, I think. Matt asked in the chat room, he says, is mentioning Google Podcasts enough to cover Android? Well, I maybe, you know, it, but again, I think um, it, it depends on the makeup of your audience. You know, I, I'm very big on promoting lots of different venues uh, to, to get the podcast. Again, we don't care how they listen long as they listen, right? We don't care how they get there, but we want to give Android op, uh, Android folks, especially a few more options right. and talk about apps and talk about Google podcasts. But you know, if at least you talk at a minimum Google podcast, you're good. So go ahead, Meg. Yeah. Meg, thanks for stepping up. Meg, uh, Glessener, um, thanks for, for joining us. Do, do you have a question or a comment or thoughts on the Samsung launch? Hey, yes, absolutely. As usual, you two are always so informative. And for those who don't watch their show, I I love popping in on your live on Facebook and all the places you two both do such a great job and are so informative. So thank you for that. Um, I was just looking up the link that you shared, I was wondering if you could share those links again. I think you said Podcast Insider something or other. And um, I guess my question was, uh, to your point, Todd, you were saying in general, podcasters, we do a, a terrible job of uh, just thinking about the rest of the world, right? The Android users. How can, how can we do better? And um, I hope my question isn't sure. too simple, but I'm trying to learn from what you're saying. And I think no, it would be helpful for other podcasters in the room. Right. If you could help break it down for us to be more thoughtful and help others prepare. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I'll take the uh, first part of this and maybe Rob will have points too. So podcastinsider.com redirects to the Blueberry blog. And it's, you'll see a second or third post in the stack will have the a Samsung announcement with the link. And then on Libsyn and Rob, what is your guys's Libsyn? Is it blog.libsyn.com or where's your guys's blog at? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's uh, blog.libsyn.com. And there is a post in the blog at the bottom of the post. There's a, there's some links to get get more information by um robin elsie did a segment on the feed uh podcast talking about it as well and um the the link is in there to the form to actually apply to be be a part of it so meg on the other half of your question there um it really is multifold you know, announcing it in your show is always important, but you know, where do you, you know, how I go about it and what, how I've always went about it is I always tell my audience when I'm doing a live show, come to my website to follow or subscribe on the platform of your choice. So I'm, you know, so if someone catches the show wherever and they're listening and they're not yet followed or subscribed, I tell them go to geek for like, our example, this show, go to newmediashow.com. Right hand column above the fold is the is the places to subscribe to the podcast, um, or follow the podcast. I guess that's a new term we're supposed to be using. But oftentimes I go to I first of all I listen to the show, and if they're not if they never mention it, then I go back to 
their website, and, and half the time I can't even find any subscription links on P- podcasters' websites above the fold to be able to someone that happens to discover your show via an, an episode title or you know we've talked about this a lot in the show recently about SEO. But if they land on your website, and this is why it's important to have a website, because just Google is the number one discovery method of podcast today. When they land on your website, they should have the ability to immediately subscribe to your podcast. Now, I've got, I blog and I'm also a podcaster. So I've, you know, on Between New Media Show and Geek News Central, my two primary shows that I do, there's over 15,000 link a, a post on geek New central and only 1516 of them are episodes so right. that gives 13,500 other opportunities when someone finds me an article via search that they can subscribe and if you give them the option to apple podcast spotify google podcast we have something called subscribe on android that blueberry offered our podcasters for years you know and then tune in wherever else you want to offer you, you got it's a multi-pronged approach it's you just it's just not good enough to say it in your show you got to have an opportunity for people that find you without hearing your show to subscribe and you know, you get one chance when people land on your website people are you look at your google analytics and what will happen is is if you look at your google, people will stay one two seconds on your site and they're gone they're not digging in some of them will a small percentage are going to dig in but if they found you via search you, you got a very short per a short amount of time to convert someone and half people are putting up these annoying pop-ups sign up for my newsletter when I don't even know who you are yet. Um, so, you know, just give people an opportunity to describe wherever they can. And I think your website, your show is two primary places to promote it. And Rob, I don't know what, what's your thoughts. Yeah. i I think this is something that's going to evolve over time. And I think one of the, one of the limitations is that um, oftentimes these platforms are only available on devices that the podcaster doesn't have access to. So you have that challenge as well. And as this platform rolls out, um, I believe Samsung is going to be putting up more pieces to this off of the, the web. So people can link to areas. If you go to the samsung.com website right now, you can see some information about the podcasting area. Um, so there's not a lot that you can do right now uh, unless you can get links directly off of the, the app. Um, so if you're on you know, the iPhone or something like that, it, it may be a little hard for you to get links or get that kind of stuff. So you're going to have to um, get into the system and, and eventually be able to get that stuff. So this is going to roll out o- over time. It's not going to be something that you can do right away um, but Todd and I are just trying to em- emphasize the fact that these are kind of where the growth opportunities are going to come as you look forward into the future and as this platform rolls out there's going to be greater and greater capabilities to engage with it and it's just something to you know look forward to doing is what I would say as well in February we had um, client tracking mm-hmm. over 134 different clients access podcast. Now I think of our sample, I think I had a few of them that had like 17 downloads, <laughs> you know, so that's, you know, that was like a point zero 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 four two, you know, market share, but there was 134 different devices, apps, televisions, smart home devices, you know, runs a gamut. However you can consume or watch media, uh, Roku, you know, run the full gambit. Um, so 
don't I'm just telling podcasters if you think Spotify is like the the end for all you're you're selling your your you're you're not giving your show the grow opportunity growth opportunities that it truly deserves you know you don't have to be annoying about it in your show oh you can subscribe to Spotify tune in uh, Amazon Music you know you know tell them where to go find that information and and those that are listening will and then those that discover you natively via Google search or however I I push them back to Moonbase Alpha. I'm pushing back to my my website. Yeah. So Todd, a quick follow up question. So I'm looking at the newmediashow.com website now. Yep. What are, are you and Rob as well? What are you changing because of Samsung? I don't see the word Samsung there. I see Android, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, more <laughs> subscribe options. Is it under more subscribe options, or what are you? changing in any of your platforms to make it more samsung friendly thank you when samsung starts creating links and has a way for us to easily pull those there will be some opportunity but again this is at the beginning this is the beginning and the main point is we know that's early days for samsung and all those cool functionalities like how you link to spotify and how you link link to amazon podcasts and that stuff is really not in place yet and that will come with time but our main point here is is just don't forget about the android users great thank you too so much i'm going to move myself back to the audience always love hearing from you both all right well thank you meg thanks for stepping up and and joining us and asking a question you're welcome back up anytime just raise your hand <laughs> so um todd i also wanted to talk about a couple other topics too i think that there is um some some information that came out here this past week about uh the difference in podcast genres that men and women listen to kind of a breakout did you see that in pod news i i did i didn't get dig into deep in the dirt on that at all so go ahead and give me the 411 here well i think a lot of it falls falls along what people might might expect um the differences you know like uh a genre kids and family right uh 77 percent uh women um tend to listen to that uh 23 men so there there's a quarter of men that listen to kids and family podcasts which is which is good and health and fitness uh is it 63 percent women uh 37 percent men so i guess um men are a little less focused on health and fitness. <laughs> Maybe that explains some things, but, but it's interesting how the differences between genres. And I guess it, it's not a surprise. I mean, so, some of these areas, right. Uh, technology is 80, 20 with men <laughs> sports is 80, 80, 20 with men. So you can kind of see, I guess a lot, a lot of this kind of follows um, what, what you would expect, right. News is, uh, 62%, uh, 38% women. So you can kind of see, and it, it's, it's a little helpful as you think about your podcasting efforts, uh, to think about your, your genre and your topic area and how that, uh, you know, applies to who the potential demographic, uh, market is for your show. So I think that that's where this is helpful. Any, any thoughts on that just generally, Todd? I, I, I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, because we already know, like, true crime is just rocking it with the with the ladies. You know, right. just certain 
and, and you know, certain topics of content are just, you know, my show, even though I do a tech show at probably like 20 or 25% of my audience is ladies and more appeals to the guys. And, um, yeah, I think it, I, it, it makes sense that they migrate to a certain type of content. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that the, the music one I thought was a little bit su- surprising men, <clears throat> Men were a little, um, excuse me, I'm losing my voice, were 53%. Um, w- women were 48%. I, I would think that, that that'd be a little more equal, but I guess it's not that far off. Um, fiction, what's fascinating about that is that's 50-50. That's the only category that's split exactly down the middle, fiction podcasts. So in, I think we're going to see fiction podcasts grow and become more important here over the next couple of years as well. You know, you have companies like Q code. Um, Steve Wilson is working for them. He's former Apple. Um, at some point I'll get Steve on this show and he can, he can talk to us about the fiction category too. So, so I thought that that was interesting. Anything else that came up for you, Todd this week? And I mean, if not, we can, we can open it up to the clubhouse. Community yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and open it up. Yeah, so I mean, if if you had a question or a comment about the podcasting space in general, or things that happened in the news this past week that that you saw that you want to share with us or ask a question about, feel free to raise your hand and come up to the to the stage and join us on the the live stream of the the new media show. It'd be great to to have you up here with us. So, uh, I think you're Todd. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm preoccupied here as. My Dr. Pipe is gonna gonna join us here. All looks right. Like. So, all right. I think he's up here, Dr. Vibe. Hey, Thank Rob. You. Hey, Todd. How we doing? Good. Thank you for for stepping up. To just want to let you know we are recording this and live streaming it, so you're going to be heard outside of Clubhouse. So, well, go the, ahead. You mean there's there's a world outside of Clubhouse? <laughs> yeah, I think all for. Right. I think for many, probably, you're right. It's I probably it, came yeah. in a little bit late, but I wanted to, and I, I I don't want you to have to record the whole thing or talk about the whole thing again. The whole thing about the Samsung piece, <clears> I came in a little late, so I caught the tail end of it. And I, you know, I don't want you to have to repeat it too much. But high level, what is the whole thing about Samsung podcasting that's going on? They've added podcasting support in their Samsung free app. It's under the Listen tab. They did do a minimal launch with a with two primary podcast launch partners that would be Blueberry and Libsyn were launch partners. And they did limit us to the number of shows that would be able to be submitted in the first round. Both Libsyn and Blueberry have applications uh, via our website information if you're if you're customers with us to be able to apply. And then uh we will be introducing or, or inviting podcasters probably as they apply to be able to be as, as Samsung allows us to submit more shows, get the information on how to submit your podcast. Um, it's only available on S20, S21, and the Note S10 platforms. There's a list of devices that Samsung Free is on, so it's mostly new devices. So that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of what they've done there. And they're they're rolling out the category um, slow, or not category, but the the number of shows that they're having on the platform. So so you have to go to a forum and fill out to submit 
uh, your show to the platforms and Todd and I's companies have forms that you can fill out off of our, off our blogs. Um, so you can, um, you know, apply to get into the, the platform. And I think as the platform rolls out, you're going to see greater and greater capabilities, um, kind of more in line with what you see from some of the other bigger technology players in the space. So, um, so Todd and I are very bullish about, uh, Samsung's entry here and the, the potential impact over the next couple of years on the podcasting medium to grow on the Android side. So we're, we're very optimistic about that. Great. Thanks for the share. Rob, you had mentioned just a few moments ago you see a big growth opportunity in fiction. Why do you say that? Well, I think it, it caters to, like like we just saw in some research, it caters to both male and female listeners. Um, and there's a fair amount of investment going on right now in, in Hollywood around this area. So I think that uh, you're going to see more projects get get created around um, kind of audio dramas of sorts is what, what these are. So if you think about like a TV show, um, that's kind of what these things are going to be like a fictional TV show. Uh, so, so that's where kind of like the next evolution. I know that uh, companies like Wondery have been playing around with fiction a little bit, but that's not really their sweet spot. Their sweet spot has been more true crime and reality based storytelling. Uh, so, so you have like companies like Q code that are starting to get traction They're They're starting to get some re- recognition of being very high quality productions. So these are, you know, uh, podcasts are going to have heavy investment. So there is going to be heavy expectation for monetization around these things too. So that's the other trade off with this as well, but it's just, you know, it's about quality. It's about, um, expanding on a genre that I, I believe has been kind of waiting in the wings for, for many years. Todd, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, it's, you know, I, I think over the last, last five years, we've, you know, we've seen a, a huge increase in this. So, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. It's just a genre that's, that has come of age. Right. It's, it's time. You know, I think that the, the distribution opportunity, uh, I think Hollywood has em- embraced the, the podcasting medium, there's a lot of stories and this is also something too, that's part of this. There's a lot of stories that are written in Hollywood and pitched to studios that don't get uh, produced. Right. So you have this, this pool of, uh, of content that's being produced down there that doesn't find traction. And one of the reasons that they don't find traction is that there's no proving ground for the stories. So you see these, these being done as a way to trial balloon a, a particular genre or, or story, um, and to see if it's successful. And if it, uh, if it is a success, not unlike what we've seen with, with the Wondery company is that it, it could potentially get produced into other products or other, uh, content like, like a video series for like Netflix or Amazon prime or, or those. So it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's just an opportunity. Can I ask one more? Sure, go ahead. No problem. Where do both both of you have, and I say this respectfully, been around for a bit? Yeah. Where do you see the best growth opportunities for independent podcasters? Because you know, you spent the last few moments talking about you know big production studios, etc. Right. Right. It because it, many podcasters that I 
that come to me say, like, is there any room for me? Can I grow? Because all these big companies are getting involved in it. And I, I've been doing it for a while. Right. And they come to me and say, like, where's an opportunity? Like, where can I make traction with all these bigger, bigger players being involved in the game these days? It's a it's a fair question. Uh, I I think that uh, there's room for everybody in this medium. Uh, big companies, big productions have been around podcasting for a long time. And I don't believe that it's it's uh, limited the potential success of uh, the, the indie side. The indie side, and Todd will confirm this, is the is the bulk of the podcasting community today. Um, most of what we talk about with like these fictional or wondery, they're they're fairly small uh, pieces of the podcasting industry when you really total it all up. But Todd, go go ahead and. Yeah, you know, the, the indie space is still, you know, 95, 96% of the entire podcasting space. And really what it boils down to, to be kind of frank on independent content, you know, I don't think a podcaster should be searching for a genre or a topic. I think a podcaster needs to make sure that they are the, they, they this is the topic that they're, they're excited about, that they want to that they can sustain. The biggest problem is most podcasters think up the show idea and they can't sustain it for two years. Some of them can't even sustain it for seven episodes. So pick the, pick the topic that you're the most passionate about and, 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 and go after that and create sustained superior content on a weekly basis and, you know, do everything you can do to become a thought leader. Really podcasters are oftentimes, you know, Rob was in radio a little bit before he became a podcaster, but I was, I was a guy in the Navy who did a blog. So I had zero, zero media experience whatsoever. So it took me like to get to episode 50 before I even found my voice in my show. I didn't do an inter. I was doing a solo show. I didn't do an interview show until like five or 600 episodes in when Rob and I started doing a, this show together and it really wasn't an interview show. It was just him and I, John, and every once in a while we'd have someone. So pick the content that you are the most passionate about for building your, your, your content or building your business or your consulting, or it's really, truly building authority, building superior content, and then everything else that goes in growing a show. I, you know, often in the early days, and I don't want to do this to brag, but I'm just going to tell you, this is work. It's grind. Yeah, I, I think I was spending 40 hours a week building my show in the early days before I started the business. Then it kind of got split. I was doing 10 a week on the show and 30 on the business and sometimes 50 on the business. But the it was additional content on the website. It was, you know, there was no social, there was no, we didn't have Facebook, Twitter or anything else at that time. There was none of these social platforms to, to promote. So you had to go where your audience was. And I think that's what a lot of podcasters fail to do is they don't, they want to hang out with podcasters. You, you shouldn't be hanging out with podcasters when you're promoting your show. You need to be hanging out where your audience is and being and building authority in those communities, wherever that may be. If that's on Instagram, if that's on Twitter, if that's on Facebook, if that's, you know, you need to go where your audience is and don't go in there and be a obnoxious and say, yeah, I got a podcast. But if someone's talking about a topic and something you've covered in your show, then give them the time hack in the episode. It, yeah. it, it's a big strategy. It's a it's a lot of work to build a podcast, but it's, you can't just record. It, that doesn't cut it. Right. 
to build. And that's what these lar- larger companies do as well. They they they, they put together a, a, a plan and and push it out and and build build awareness around it. And and Todd and I, you know, th- this is where Todd and I came from. I mean, we each created our own shows and started from scratch and and um, built them up over long periods of time and just consistent effort. And it's and it's not easy. Um, and it's not easy for anybody in the podcast no. space, but, but it's also very, very rewarding. And it's also, it builds over time. The benefits from podcasting comes from consistent, uh, longer term effort to build your brand, build your relationship with your niche and your audience and being seen as a, as a leader. And I think at the end of the day, and I'm a big proponent of this too, is that, you know, if, if you're in a genre, you need to be seen as a leader in that genre you know, a thought leader and, uh, and, and inspiring people to, to, uh, be a part of your community and to participate with you and, and establish pathways for your audience to connect with you. And, and, um, and I think you'll grow your show. I mean, I've seen it happen over and over and over again. You know, uh, one of the things I did, and it's well known by people that have listened to this show for years, but maybe this isn't known in Clubhouse. You know, I started out doing a tech show. And uh, one year into doing that tech show, I, I where was the tech stuff? Well, it was at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. So me and another guy that was doing a tech show, we went to Vegas, walked around with microphones. And what we learned from that was we came back with 40 or 50 interviews of stuff that we could publish. We didn't, we didn't put it out as normal podcast. We put it out as additional in a separate feed. We put it out as special content, but what it gave us access to was new audience and new contacts and new people. And you know, the, the, the second year we went to, or maybe not the second year we went to CES, but very shortly after there, we were, we walked into the 20 by 20 GoPro booth on their first time they ever exhibited CES, and we are one of three media outlets because we were media, according to CES. They gave an, I gave an interview to the GoPro CEO. When we published that up there, we gave them great exposure. And guess what? Now I go into the GoPro booth and I go to CES and I get invited into VIP because I recognize where they were going when they first launched their product line. So it's those types of kind of connections you build by going to events and going where your show is being built that will. In its now, imagine GoPro linking back to your website, say, "Hey, you know, here's an interview from our CEO." Think about the Google value, and that alone. So, just just doing a show, if you're trying to grow, is there's more you got to do. do TV, you got to do radio, you, you know. And by saying doing TV, you know, you get to episode fifty, call your local television station. Hey, I'm hitting episode fifty. You want to do a feature on me? And sometimes people are looking for three minutes of content. It you, you just got to think of any way to get to get some exposure beyond you know your circle and you and rinse repeat rinse repeat right dr vibe why don't you tell us a little bit about your show i know you do a show called the dr vibe show uh so is that out as a podcast i oh hey it's hosted by your company and it's oh. always been hosted by your company <laughs> all right well thank you so much <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I've been doing that. I've done over two thousand episodes. Wow. Um. Yeah, and I, I, I have a number of different shows. I do the Doctor Vibe Show. Uh, I host the only online show in the world that's hosts uh, for fathers and men that's sponsored by Dove Men Care. Uh, I also do another show called um, Dad's Talking, which is one-on-one conversations with fathers. Actually, there's a gentleman in the room, Joshua. He was one of my recent guests, and all that stuff is hosted 
Sorry, Todd. My lips. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll leave the lights on for you. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. So, so yeah, so just been doing it for many years and actually won won, uh, two Canadian Ethnic Media Association Awards through the, the podcasting. So I really agree with you that, and both you are dropping knowledge bombs as usual, that you got to put yourself out there. Like through my podcast, I've been interviewed by two, three different television networks in Canada in the last two years. Well, I'm actually in the last year. But I think also for podcasters, taking advantage of the pandemic is a golden opportunity because people you may not have been able to get a hold of, yeah. they're not doing as much. Right. Or they're doing so, more online that you can connect yes. with them, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and don't be afraid to ask. I think a lot of podcasters don't be afraid to ask ask the guests and also get those get those uh, testimonials, especially video testimonials, are very powerful. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, so you're a happy podcaster um, that's been growing growing your show. Is there you know is there any issues that you're seeing with the growth of your show that maybe we can we can give you some ideas on? Uh or are always, you doing okay? Want, I, I think I, I'm at the point now is I'm, I have to get a team because doing it on my own is right. a little bit challenging. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so one of the things I've been blessed with and I share with a lot of people out there, I'm now getting co-op students in media programs to help me out. Oh, okay. So, th- so this has been very helpful, especially, you know, as we all know, editing takes a whole pile of time. Yeah. So I looked a few months ago and said, where are three areas that I would like to offload because when I want to offload stuff, I want to just make sure if I'm offloading it, it's either getting my time back or creating revenue. And here's, here's something you're going to probably cringe at. I've never edited ever. If I had to edit, I would no longer, I would no longer be a podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's just, uh, that's a personal choice I made. I invested in equipment I invested in audio quality so that I would get the best quality out the door. Uh, I, I just, I cut the ends. I do a little uh, thing with Ophonic and, and it gets published. That's it. Um, we leave in the hmms, haws, coughs, sneezes. But, you know, again, I know that, I know that everyone, not everyone could live with themselves if they did that. But Right, right, right. Okay. Well, Dr. Vibe, thanks. Yeah, I won't take up too much. I'll come back in another uh, episode and ask you some more questions, but I don't want to hog the room, so I'm going to put myself back in the audience. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Vibe. We appreciate you joining us up here. We do have another uh, uh, person up on stage we wanted to bring into the show, Andrew Kokelwitz, I think. Or did I slaughter that, Uh, Andrew? Oh, it's okay, Rob. It's uh, Kukluitz. (laughs) Kukluitz. Okay. Awesome. I, I should put a I should put a pronouncer in my Twitter bio or something. It's <laughs> such a common thing. It's okay. So you're a CTO at uh, PRX. Awesome. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen you guys, and we don't have any live events. I think probably around uh, New York about a year ago since I saw you, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Good to good to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, well thank you for for stepping up. Uh, do you, do you have any comments or anything you wanted to throw out there about any of the topics we've talked about today? Oh, I love what you guys are talking about. I, I love to hear your takes on it. Always so thoughtful and and from uh, such a great kind of two different perch of such great experience and platforms you guys work with. But um, I 
I think a lot about Samsung, honestly. Yeah. Um, if I might call back to that. And, yeah. Um, kind of excited about the fact that, yes, they're going to be in this new generation of phones uh, with this default app, but they also have watches. They've got smart TVs. You know, to me, the fact that another large manufacturer is seeing podcasting as table stakes for their devices. Yep. And, and refrigerators, too. <laughs> and refrigerators, right. Yeah. That's a good cross promotion. Yeah, listen to my show while you're uh, checking the date on your milk. Right. Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's pretty exciting, you know. And I and I tend to think about these things as always additive, but I, I think it um, just signals to me yet another way that podcasting is uh, recognized. That just like you need to have a web browser in every device, you need to also have a uh, podcast player on there. And I think that just is a, a great signal. Yeah, I think we are in this age of of audio um, like we've never been before. It's it, it's it's really exciting, and having all these big big companies, you know, in, in, embrace it. You know, I know in the early days, Todd Todd knows my background working at at a small company called Microsoft, trying to build podcasting, and and it's exciting to see it happen. You know, at all, all these other tech companies that kind of shunned it in the past, right? You know, if you think about it, Rob. Can you imagine in 2004, and I don't even know, Samsung had some product lines. And of course, there was no mobile phones yet. But let's let's move forward maybe. No, let's just think about a, a Samsung uh, in, you know, asking to have your content be put on their platform. You know, it's a, it, and it was the same thing was Microsoft in those early years. It was like before podcasting was signed some big contract. And, you know, if, if you were somebody, you could get on and, and now what we've really done is, and, and I go back to it again and again and again, what we have in podcasting is incredibly special with open RSS and no gatekeepers. Now there are rules on different platforms. You know, if you're playing music on Spotify, your show's probably short lived to be there, but you know, it, it's every, it's just this opportunity, unlike really anything else except maybe YouTube, where you can have free reign to build a brand, build a show, change the idea, no rules. You don't have to worry about cussing. You can talk about adult content. You can, you know, and it's largely carried on everything. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just think it's, it's pretty remarkable what we have and, and what makes podcasting unique. And that no gatekeeper thing used to be a thing. I mean, a big thing. And most people now just, you know, they have no way, you know, they didn't grow, they didn't come into the media space having those constraints. But when I, when I started my show, it was a blog. That's it. There was you know, there was no other place to promote. And that's why it was such a watershed moment in 2005 when Apple added podcasting to iTunes at the time and able to sync media and walk away with it. That, that was, we all take that for granted. Now we walk away, you know, we listen to music and podcast and we watch YouTube on our mobile devices that, that didn't exist. So it's evolved. And I, I think we just have to really appreciate the opportunities here. These companies are giving us. Yeah. I it's just, that's right on. Yeah. I just say, if you don't mind me jumping in, just to no, say, no, I go, think it is. Go ahead, Andrew. It is interesting your point about gatekeepers, how, and there was a, a recent New York Times article talking about this, how so many other forms yeah, are having to kind of confront um, misinformation and um, 
kind of curating of their platforms and checking over their content. And podcasting largely hasn't done that, although there's been some examples over the years. But it is interesting. It will be interesting to watch, I think. As podcasting grows, this is a problem we're going to have to confront more. And I, I think Samsung now is in the position, even with just this first round, of deciding what shows are on their platform that aren't. And now became, in that process, a content gatekeeper and curator who's going to need to have standards, right. uh, management of it, and also featuring, right? Like there's yeah. going to be, right. I'm sure, people that are going to have to figure out who do I call if I want to get my show featured on Sam. You know, yeah. I... I I want to address that. Maybe that's a good topic because the New York Times article was like, you mean Google's going to treat podcasting like search and they're not going to remove content that is what could be considered hate speech, what could be considered borderline racist, you know? So let's think about that for a second here and how this is. Okay. I think we can all agree. Well, I, I'm not going to make you agree, but you know, I, Alex Jones, when he got kicked off Apple podcast, um, that was Apple's yeah, choice because they didn't like, it. what'd you say, Rob? He got kicked off of all the right. Forms. right. But because Alex Jones had his own .com, right. he had his own RSS feed. I think he had to go find hosting somewhere on his own, but he was not able to be devoiced. Now that pisses a lot of people off. You know, because they want him devoiced and they want him uh, taken off the air and they want his voice shuttered. But because he has a podcast feed and because you can still manually subscribe to a show on any app, including Apple Podcast, which is funny, is you can still subscribe to Alec Jones on Apple Podcast. You don't know that, but you just have to manually add the feed. Right. Um, he's still on the air now. It is what it is with that content. And then, then when you have white supremacists and other folks. I think we all can agree that there's there's no place for that content. Um, but the internet is open. And right. you, now you're going to suffer the consequences if you put some site up or you put, you put some word out or you say something, you know, this, you're going to have the wrath of the world upon you. But the internet has really been one of these places that, you know, unless you do something totally extreme, you know, and your hosting provider kills you or the FBI seizes your domain name or something, uh, you know, you can pretty much, and then, then you can pop back up, you, you know, it's, it's going to be an impossible thing to control because you, you take a site down, delist them, guess what's back there? Three hours later, they're back online. That was, you know, was obvious with, um, torrent sites and stuff in the early days. So this content will not be mainstream, but the people that are still looking for that content are going to find it sadly. Uh, and Google is, you know, when Google starts non-indexing sites, we should all be very, very, very scared, regardless if you like the content or not. Well, we do live in a country and a, in a constitution that supports free speech, but that free speech um, does come with consequences. Right. So it's, you know, nowhere does it say in the constitution that you're immune from consequences. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and hate speech, believe it or not, has been ruled by the U S Supreme court to be free speech. You can, you can say hateful things all day long. Now, <laughs> you know, again, uh, you know, what you say can and will potentially come back and, you know, you can be sued and libel and talked about and on the news and, you know, so, we may not. It's worth remembering 
it's worth just worth remembering that the, you know those rights for free speech don't protect you. Right. They don't assure you a corporate platform. That's right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Right. But they may they may still afford you a, a website that we don't like that has right. an RSS feed that can be subscribed to, and that message can still get out to those followers. And that's really there's it's pretty that's pretty. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, you said if you can find a host that will will embrace Stomach it. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I think these folks have been successful yeah. in doing that. Right. It's a wide world, right? Yeah. There's uh, countries that will uh, have different laws and different yeah. support for things. So, um, But I think it is interesting, and I, I think we'll continue to see, just as we have you know, Zuckerberg and others on the Hill, uh, being asked these questions today, that's going to the big social media companies. I, I kind of love it to be the case where we have <laughs> uh, podcasting is such a big concern that we have uh, similar questions. Well, I think that was sort of what the for for podcast hosts. I think that was sort of what the New York Times article was getting at. Yeah. That actually, this is a a piece of that, and I think we do have a responsibility as an industry to really think about this and yeah. uh, make sure we have uh, policies and um, get ahead of this. You know, I think like with a lot of things. I feel like this. Well, people know me know I care a lot about privacy and podcasting and yep. things. I, well, that I think was there's the other a lot of cases. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, the the Section two thirty modifications that they're considering will have impacts on podcasting companies if they make us liable for the content that's on our platforms, and we have to go through and basically yeah, if, safe harbor. if we lose um, safe harbor, it's going to be incredibly damaging to the podcasting space because. Unlike Twitter, Facebook, we're not doing editorial control on podcast. Now, if someone reports a podcast and says, hey, there's hate speech in there, we go and review it. And if it breaks our terms of service, we cancel their account. And sometimes well, sometimes people try to have content taken down that's not hate, but they just don't like the content. So there's a there's a delta there. But if we get to the point where Section 230 makes us responsible for editorial content, then it, that's very that's a very scary new development for for podcasting. But that's what Facebook and Twitter has been doing. They've been silencing, and this is another thing that most people don't understand. You think everyone screams, and we've talked about this in New Media Show before. Everyone screams that conservative voices have been devoiced. Well, I hate to inform everyone, but extreme left content has been devoiced too on these platforms. I hear about as much devoicing of extreme left and extreme right groups as anyone else and shadow banning. And it's just, people say, Oh, this doesn't go on, but believe me, it does. So it's not necessarily just conservative voices are being devoiced. It's also uh, on the other side as well, but you just don't hear about it as much. Well, and the safe Harbor issue um, crosses into other areas too, around copyright violations right. as well and we're seeing and i'm todd maybe you're seeing this too but we're we're definitely seeing a ramp up of takedowns um that are coming in the podcasting space around music so well, not just takedowns but six-figure lawsuits right well that's all that all rides along with it and it, that is the area where is most that provides most danger to that safe harbor provision uh is that is that per, grows and proliferates uh that gives more ammunition for for 
our legislatures, our government to crack down, right? Um, as those lobbyists from the music industry or whatever pressure these platforms to to uh, to limit and moderate um, and and force licensing, also. So that that's the other part of this too that uh, doesn't get talked about a lot. And, and I think too the 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 marginalized groups um, have through podcasting the ability to have a voice and not have it modified, not have the message edited. They can say it the way the, that they want to say it and raise up the issues they have. Um, you know, I, I go back to an event that happened uh, that Rob and I were both at in Atlanta. It was Dragon Con. And Rob, were you in that session with me? Yeah, we're sitting right next to you. We were yeah. sitting in the back of the room, keeping our mouths shut. And we heard these groups of people of color that talked about how the media had marginalized their message and not even talked to spokespeople in the group. And it just went on and on. And I, and I was like, and why they're doing podcasts? Because they're, they're pissed that their message was being modified and they were able to say what they wanted to say in a podcast. And, and to me that, that was like, thank God we have podcasting. Podcasting. There is a Absolutely. medium that's accessible to that community, right? Absolutely. The power of open podcasting is, and I think you guys have said this a few times, this show and probably every show is just such a huge strength. And I think it's, you know, music licensing is an interesting kind of lever on that where you see platforms like Spotify who have obviously music licensing deals and then can create products like they're kind of mixed kind of a, uh, I forget the name of what they called it, but they have the ability for folks to kind of create a, uh, a playlist, basically almost mm-hmm. like an old school mm-hmm. DJ. Of right. Yeah, but it's only available and, on their platform though. That's the, that's exactly. the difference. Exactly. Right. Right. So there's this enticement to, if you want to have that show that's talking about today's hits or whatever, and you don't have the, um, relationship or capability of getting that licensing, Hey, here's a way to do it. Right. But it's only on Spotify and I worry about kind of levers like that and things that then um, keep podcasting from being available or keep a show from being able to be everywhere and, and, and open. Yeah. There, there's a lot of people working on the music thing. You, you go to podcastmusic.com. That team has probably spent the most amount of money and bang their head against concrete walls. The hardest because they, I know what they've done. I know what they've spent. Uh, they are working very hard to get licensing agreements so that you can have mainstream music as an intro, or you can play 45 seconds of it and legally talk about it and have it downloaded and have a, a, a license that is affordable. Um, they've worked very hard at it, but I'm going to tell you these, these labels and then the OZ's vast, you know, vast libraries of content. They're used to doing deals where hundreds of millions of dollars exchange hands. And when you get into a microtransaction where a podcaster is going to pay 20 bucks to pay, uh, play 45 seconds of ACDC, uh, you know, thunder, you know, whatever, you know, that doesn't make them excited. And it's very, very difficult to get the licensing in place. But Napster ruined it for all of us, you know, well, <laughs> well, Todd, there are technology companies that are working on this problem. Yeah. And they are um, actively working on scanning podcasts to find 
content that's violating copyright. So, you know, this is only going to ramp up and become more and more of an issue. And that's, that's one of the things that, um, we all need to be cognizant of and, and that, you know, we may see a time when there's, there's more hmm, monitoring and enforcement of copyright in the podcasting space than we've had so far. So well, you, you yeah. don't want to be on the end of a subpoena like we were to turn over download numbers. Right. And, but that's going to happen unless the industry is proactive about dealing with this issue. And it, instead of trying to deal with it from the perspective of being a, a pirate, <laughs> so, um, and that's, that's a difficult conversation to have with the industry too. So, cause we've been used to just, you know, letting people do whatever they want to do, you know, so it's tough. It's tough, but I wouldn't be surprised if some podcast hosts start to introduce some kind of, uh, fingerprinting service yep. to recognize and warn people. I, I mean, back before they were bought by Spotify, Echo Nest had a rather brilliant product and API for doing that. Right. It's fairly, fairly mature tech at this point. It probably wouldn't be um, impossible or even terribly difficult to add as a feature. Yeah. Um, but again, like in, in the interest of protecting people from themselves or especially new podcasters who may not be aware of these hazards. And again, a new podcaster also is less likely to be subject to a lawsuit. But at the same time, it, it right. feels like something that might end up... I feel like a lot of these things we're talking about are sort of good problems. <laughs> yeah. They're problems that because things podcasting is getting attention and podcasting right. is only on bigger audio is reigning supreme. Like there's things we have to do to kind of um, help people to deal with right. that kind of uh, brighter spotlight. Right. And a lot of podcasters have kind of just got gotten away with putting music in their podcast for a long time because nobody was really looking at it that closely. Yeah. yeah. I'm just warning everybody that that's, uh, in the process of changing. Last summer, there was a massive amount. I think we all saw it. There was about a six weeks period where we just got hammered and they went back and they were looking at content that was 10, 11, 12 years old and doing takedown notices on episodes that had been online like 12 years. So, you know, what happens if someone gets a hair up their butt and decides that, okay, we're going to now, we know they've had this online for 10 years. Um, you know, is this a money-making opportunity and find and do we go back after those folks? Those podcasters, some of them had long quit, but they were still paying their hosting bill. So it's, right. you know, it, and they went after the old, old stuff, which was, that was what really surprised me. It was usually new stuff that gets hit, but they went back and looked at, must be, they index all the archives. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get a lot of here, guys. And okay. I see, uh, Thanks, Andrew. Right, well, thank Thanks so much for having me on. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you uh, stepping up. Uh, we've got another visitor on 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 deck here too. Um, Audrey Bell uh, Kearney has joined us up on stage too, and she's a podcaster as well. Thank you, Audrey, for for stepping up. Hey, Robin Todd. Thank you so much for giving me the platform. I'm excited um, to be here. Um, I'm, I'm you got me scared though because I play music four days a week in my show. My show is Good Morning Gwinnett, and it is a hyper-local podcast about Gwinnett County. And um, I play music throughout the show, and I do it live Monday through Thursday. So um, now i got to go back and look at my Epidemic Sounds contract and make sure I'm not that I'm in compliance with all the music issues that may come about. Because so, right now, I think I'm at 489 episodes, so it would be a shame to have to pull down 489 episodes. So I probably would just cry. So did you do do a licensing deal with the 
the epidemic sound folks for for the music that you have in there um right right now so what i did was i yeah i have a monthly license that i pay for um you know you pay monthly you get to use the music and youtube and things like that so i just want to make sure that i'm good on that um my hosting company, unfortunately, is not Lipson or Blueberry with you tied, but uh, okay. Spreaker. And oh. the reason I use Spreaker is because I can go live every day. So yeah, I used to work idea. for Spreaker for four years, so yeah. Uh, okay, okay, so that's my <laughs> platform. I did have, I had a couple of questions. Um, one question was, um, because my show is so hyper local. Now I do have it on every platform that I could put it on. Um, it's on. I have a mobile app for it on Android and Apple. I have an Amazon channel for it on the Amazon Fire Stick. I'm everywhere. I have it on all the platforms. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you guys know of anybody who's on your platform who's doing a hyper-local podcast that's really crushing it and really, like, making, earning money from it. Um, I'm at 400, I think, 489 episodes at this point. Mm-hmm. And just looking to turn it into a really seven-figure brand, and didn't really find any podcasts that were really like killing it like that. So I have the blog and the podcast that I'm doing, and um, and like you, Todd, I don't like to edit, so it's live. So you get me live and in and color <laughs> four days a week, Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. So you sometimes since I've been home, as you hear the baby crying, sometimes sometimes you hear the shower running. So and I, I apologize, like listen. I'm still home right now, so but I am going to be moving back into a studio soon. So, just wanted to know if you guys had any no, of any podcasters hyper local that's really questioning in this space, doing really major things um, in the space. Well, I can certainly point you to a a new network that's forming right now. It's called um, CityCast. Uh, I believe it's in two cities um, right uh, right now. That's launching. I do believe as the number of listeners um, come into podcasting, as the as the medium grows, um, local will become more and more uh, viable over time. Not unlike uh, you know broadcast radio has been primarily a local medium, uh, and as they grew their penetration or their listener base in any particular geographic location, they they had a greater and greater opportunity. Right. So it, it's, it's the same type of situation. Right. Um, and as the medium grows, the opportunity for local podcasting just expands. I've been very pro local podcasting for many years now. Um, it's been very slow to ramp up because the medium has tended to grow rather slowly, um, maybe three to 4% audience growth per year. So it's not a, like a hockey stick type of growth. Uh, so the, the opportunity for local podcasting has been a little bit more limited and broadcast radio has kind of kept that, that foothold. Um, but I think with the pandemic and the things that have happened around that, um, I think that local radio is a little bit kind of, um, in flux right now. I think that there is an opportunity probably now going forward to step in and do more podcasting local, uh, as you look to the future. So, um, so I wish you luck on that. Definitely. And if you did a licensing deal with the Epidemic Sound folks, you're probably okay. Um, so as long as you paid your license uh, when you acquired the, the music and you put it in your podcast, uh, you're good on the license. So, Rob, just to let you know, too, our uh, live stream is having a little bit of a hiccup right now. Uh, I don't know if it was the transcoder on uh, Wowza or what, but I'm restarting the transcoder. But we're, we're down in some places live. but. Okay. It's a bandwidth problem, probably. Yeah. So something. Well, I did a speed test, and speed test is good 
but there's a something happening in the network. This is the, you know, this is not happened in a while where we lost the live stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, that's the dangers of doing what we're doing, going simulcasting across lots of uh, stuff here. But I did notice that we have Mr. Tom Webster in the audience, uh, uh, and he wrote a very interesting um, um, article that he's he's been doing w- weekly about uh, uh, exclusive content, which I thought was ver- very interesting, and the role of personality versus exclusive content and the importance of that. And I don't know, Tom, if you wanted to step up and talk about that or not. If you wanted to or not, you're certainly welcome to to come up and talk about your your article. But I thought it was an interesting article from the perspective of podcasting and how important personality is in the success of podcasting. But, but Todd, I don't, you know, you know, a lot of, you know, like you look at like Joe Rogan, you look at a lot of the exclusive deals that you're starting to see around exclusive content, people creating things on specific platforms around exclusivity. And, and that's not really the key to success in podcasting. I think that the um, personality is the key to success in podcasting. I don't know what, you know, um, what's your comment on that, Todd? Well, you know, I, I think we've said it 500 times on this show. People come to listen to us. They don't come to listen to our guest often. Not. No, so personality right. is, is the key. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard if you have a successful show to swap out hosts and continue that show to be successful. Some have done it, but not a lot. Yeah, right. So... You know, so that's why it's so important for you to be to be genuine on your show, and also just you know apply your personality to to whatever that you do in the podcast, and make that shine through. And I think you'll find that you'll connect more on an authentic way with your audience. That then will will grow your show. It's those that are able to 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 do that and be fun and be entertaining and talk about interesting things and and get people engaged and involved in your podcast are, are the shows that typically succeed. You know, uh, I, I think that that's, that's a rule of thumb for, really for any, any content creator in the entertainment business. And that in a lot of ways, that's what podcasting is. It's in, it's it, we're in the entertainment business. We're in the education business. So those are the two core components of uh, the content side of podcasting. Thank you. I, you know, for me, I am, you get me live every day. So, um, and people have said to me, they love the way I do the show because it's, it's, it's music. I do horoscopes. I talk about crazy stuff too, but I also do some news. And then on Thursdays I interview people. So I've heard a great feedback about, Oh my God, I can't start my morning without good morning with that. And so that makes me feel good to know that I'm on the right track. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Audrey. Appreciate it. Good luck with your show. I hope uh, it continues to to grow as podcasting grows. Yeah. Thank you. So, Rob, also this week, uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the last show, but uh, Brian came out with his podcast prefix explained in the the Sounds Profitable newsletter. Did we talk about this on the last show? I can't remember if we did or didn't. Mm, I don't think we went into any kind of detail on it. No. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, so for those of you that are out there that are using PodTrack, Chartable, uh, PodSites, uh, or even Blueberry's Redirect, um, there's a good article about podcast preflix and, and some explanation of what really happens from a technical standpoint. He, he did a pretty good job of breaking it down and, and explaining it. 
um, and how that uh, works and what is available with that, you know, what your stats providers get with that data using a redirect. Um, and actually, this is a pretty good uh, um, newsletter to be signed up to. If you're, if you're not signed up for the pod news newsletter, that's a good daily read. And then the Sounds Profitable newsletter comes out once a week. And of course, as Rob, you indicated, Tom Webster also has a, a newsletter every week. These are three must-reads if you're trying to stay abreast of what's going on in the podcasting space, look at announcements, get some education. Um, there's a few more out there, but I don't personally recommend them. Yeah. No, I think it's, you know, there, there's these little tips that you can pick up about what's going on at the kind of at the cutting edge of the the podcasting medium that can help you have a deeper understanding. And, and sometimes it's it helps you avoid things. <laughs> Um, but it also can open doors to op opportunity if you understand some of these things. But we're certainly welcome to have any of you step up and join us up on stage if you have a, a question, if you're in Clubhouse. and could be any question. Right. We appreciate you being here and and joining us and contributing to our, our live show. This show is streamed live on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube right now. So, so and it's going to be recorded. And video podcast. So, so, so Rob, now, now everyone on the live stream was uh, complaining that your audio is too low. So maybe I adjusted it too far down. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's it's on my side. So don't worry. Well, up a tiny bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it looks like we had uh, someone step up and join us. So I've invited uh, this person to join us up on stage. So. Uh, Hi, see. my name Hi. is Idra Flaxa, and Hi. thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, thank you for stepping up. Do you have a yeah. question or, or, or comment? I do. Uh, one quick question, though, before I get to my podcast-related yeah. uh, question. What are you all using to use your awesome microphones for Clubhouse? Well, I'm using a Rodecaster Pro. Uh, so the, the audio from Clubhouse is being routed through through my system here. Todd's Todd's doing all of the streaming out to to YouTube and Facebook and and, and Twitter Live um, all, all on the live video side, and he's actually recording the the, the whole show on on his end. Um, but I'm I'm just the conduit to um, to Clubhouse. And Rob is connected to me via Skype. And yeah, Skype. So, you know, if you want to see kind of what's happening on the live side, you can always go to newmediashow.com forward slash live. But um, really, you know, I think if you're looking to up your game in Clubhouse from an audio quality side, Sure has a mic that works perfectly with your with an, with an uh, iPhone right now. Um, what is it? MK7. What is the model number of that? It's behind you on your on the wall back there. Oh, it's the MV7. MV7. Uh, yeah, it's the it's the the little child of the the Sure SM7B that actually has the ability to plug into a USB connection, so yeah, you, you yeah. can use it in a much more versatile way. But uh, yeah, I haven't incorporated it into my normal flow too much because I'm using the SM7B as my primary mic right now. Yeah, and that's the mic I'm using as well on my side. But my flow is a little because my studio is a little older. I'm actually um, going through a normal Mackie mixer and then, um, what we're doing with the, 
the live stream is going through a TriCaster, which, you know, it's, there's lots of free options now to, to live stream video. Uh, that is not in any way a free or cheap version. And then we're using uh, uh, Wowza as a way to multi-stream, which today we're having a little trouble going to about seven different locations at once. It's called yeah, so Todd, that that TriCaster. I think a lot of people haven't heard of that. It's it's uh, it's a studio in a box kind of concept. Um, most most podcasters aren't using TriCasters anymore. No, they can't. They can't. First of all, the price tag on it is like twenty five grand is where the price tag starts, and right. so <laughs> there's lots of OBS is the one a lot of podcasters are, and it's free. It's, you know, it's, you can get it and you can integrate relatively inexpensively and use, you know, uh, sometimes you can use a cell phone. Sometimes you can use a, uh, just a cheap webcam, uh, not a webcam or a, uh, uh, a prosumer camera. So lots of ways to do it these days. You don't have to spend all the money I did. Well, I think a lot of people use, uh, it's a little video switcher called the ATEM. Yeah. Some um, use ATEM. Yeah. Right. And it's like, uh, four, $400 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can have multi-camera, um, uh, kind of opportunities. So if you want to have more than one camera, uh, video camera in your office, your home studio or whatever, you can, you can do that. I've thought about doing it too. I just have one video camera. I know Todd has like three, right? Well, I, st- you know, I, I stay on primary the number two shot but i got three cameras and then it the tricaster i have can actually handle six cameras and then a whole bunch of virtual inputs through a service called or through a protocol called ndi matter of fact i don't have any wires in the studio everything is done by land cables and then uh from that we have uh the ability like i can bring a screen uh, up on the you know i can bring a screen up and actually show a screen or i can show rob He's in again. He's coming into me via Skype video, so I can put him up on you know the primary output. So again, what we, what I did was, and the reason I built this studio the way I did was, to, when I started streaming more than ten years ago, that was about the only way you could do it. And uh, if I was to rebuild it today, I would no way would I spend that kind of money. Right, right, and I'm. I'm using a teleprompter here too, so you, you can kind of see Todd there in a oh. camera. If you're you're watching on on the video side, you can see more. So, so those that are on Clubhouse can't can't see this, but uh, but I wanted to thank Tom Webster. He stepped up here and joined us up on stage. He's the senior VP of uh, research at the Edison Company. So, Tom, thanks for for stepping up. I I really appreciated your your article talking about the exclusive content versus uh, um, personality. I thought it was an interesting contrast. Yeah, thanks, uh, Robin Todd. And I yeah. didn't uh, I didn't pop on to to talk about my article. I, I really okay. just popped on to, to ask you guys a question. Sure. Um, is now that you have had a few weeks of you know incorporating Clubhouse into the new media show, has it has the show gotten better or worse? <laughs> no ulterior motive behind it. I have no uh, no presupposition one way or the other. I I admire you both for trying, right? Because uh, I know you juggle a lot of things at once. You've got every stream up at once. You're on Facebook and YouTube and Friendster and Empire and every, you're on everything. Um, and I, I is how is the show for you? And have you listened back to any shows? Do you think that this improves the show, or do you think you might go back to the way it was? So. 
today, everyone that's come up on Clubhouse has been pretty good from a audio standpoint, and it will produce pretty well. But we, you know, we got our butt kicked for probably three or four episodes because we, I was dealing with a setting that had gotten turned on in the in in the TriCaster tri, tri that was doing an AGC thing, so the volume was going up and down. Um, we're still a little quiet on Rob's side live. So some of it is just technical stupidity on, you know, what is supposed to be professional podcasters here. So, you know, and Rob introduced the roadcaster at the same time. So we were, you know, we made a bunch of hardware changes to accommodate this. Um, I think that the clubhouse piece, if we get it dialed in, will be valuable to the program. But again, it really depends on, you know, if, the person is in traffic or, you know, horns honking in background when they come up on the stage. <laughs> yeah. I think we've had a little bit of a rough, rough uh, path for the last three or four episodes. And, and, but I think we're learning our way through it, um, Tom. And I, I appreciate the question because I think it is something that people are thinking about right now is that, you know, clubhouse is a little bit of a different uh, medium, right? It's a, it's a live medium, but it's also more of a conversational medium from the standpoint of a you know direct interaction between people in the club room itself. And I think that that is a little bit of a different format change for Todd and I because the feedback that we've gotten over, over the years has been that the listeners to our show typically like it when it's just Todd and I talking. Um, so adding this clubhouse element has opened it up to lots of other voices, which may or may not be what the audience to this show wants. And I think that that is uh, something that we're playing around with right now. And Tom, I th believe me, the thought has come up in my head a few times over the last couple of weeks of just pulling back from clubhouse and maybe doing a separate event on clubhouse for the, for the new media show that isn't live streamed and just cater to that community specifically. Um, but to do it simulcast is, is a little bit kind of blending these, these formats together uh, could be a little too much. I, I think it's still a little early for us to make a final decision on that. And I don't, Todd, I haven't seen what our download numbers are, but I'm sure those numbers were hurt a little bit from the audio production quality yeah. issues. Had. Right. Yeah. If we can get the audio fixed, I think we'll be okay. But uh, yeah. But again, I, I think it really, we're dependent on people that come up on stage to, Hopefully be on, and this is advice to those of you on Clubhouse. If you come up on stage, you know, put your earbuds in and, uh, you know, try to be in an environment that is conducive to, you know, if, especially when it's a live event being recorded, you know, don't be afraid to come up, but we also want you to, you know, be, be considerate that we're trying to record a quality show. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, what's your thoughts on the whole question? I'm I think I think I know what your thoughts is, but why don't you share that with the the greater community here? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I'm uh, you know I'm not going to give you guys unsolicited advice. Well, please do. You're doing fine. <laughs> no, you guys, I, I like the show, and I you know to be honest, I prefer the show when it's more you two. And I think if I were to if I were to design uh, the new media show as a listener and incorporate it clubhouse i would i think i'd have a, a shorter designated window at the end of the show for for listeners so that there's more time to explore the topics that you guys explore every week because you get guys like me on stage and <laughs> we're just gonna ruin it <laughs> oh oh really <laughs> 
hundred percent. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm just here to ruin the show. (laughs) Well, I don't think that's the case. Um, I've always uh, really enjoyed doing live uh, and, and having callers on a show. You know, I was doing call in talk radio for six years, uh, literally on the broadcast side. So that was the format. I I like to have a lot of voices around me in the early days of what I was doing. So, so in some ways, you know, that's the feedback that we've heard from others, not just from you, that, that the listeners to this show like it when just Todd and I talk. Even bringing on one other person on the show has given us negative feedback. It, it could be like the head guy for Google, and that's the feedback that we get or something right. like that. So it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, both Todd and I are trying to learn from this too, so we're we like to push the envelope a little bit on this and we'll adjust, you know, I think as you think about the growth of this show over the 12 years or 10 years that we've been doing it, we have tried to be a, you know, sensitive to what the listeners want, but also push the envelope, um, to, to learn too. Well, we're definitely not up live anymore because the, the, the transcoder keeps crashing. So it's probably a good thing that we're here at the end of the show, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of noticing on my end too, the bandwidth is getting a little sketchy. So So there might uh, be a a connection issue here, uh, in the studio. So the speed test I did looked good. It's one thing about doing live. You have to have. You know, I have 20 megabits up, and if it starts creeping down into six or seven, then things go sideways. Right. Well, I think we've gone 90 minutes. Anyway, yeah, we've done 90 minutes. And for those of you on Clubhouse, we, I'm actually looking at the website, and my widget is not updating. So if you want to come subscribe to the new media show, you can do it. But it, our, my normal pretty widget isn't up there today for some odd reason. I'm going to work on that after the show, but come over to newmediashow.com and follow or subscribe. And uh, if you have comments on today's show, you can send them to Rob or I. I'm Todd at blueberry.com. Blueberry without the E's because we couldn't afford the E's. And uh, of course, I'm on Twitter at Geek News as well, Rob. Yeah, I'm on Twitter as well at Rob Greenlee. And you can certainly reach me via email. Rob G at Lipson.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're always uh, wanting to get emails, letting us know about things that are going on in the industry, and, and we can share on the the show uh, on Wednesdays and Saturdays is when we do the show live. So Saturdays is a club pod edition of the show on Clubhouse at this point until we decide to change that. Uh, and on Wednesdays, we also do the show live too. So thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, thank you for being here, and uh, hope you got something out of it today. Make sure you uh, hate hate to beg, but make sure you follow Robert I so that you get notifications when we're online uh, on yep. Clubhouse. We definitely appreciate it. And those of you that have uh, <laughs> were on the live stream, we're sorry, but the regular podcast audience, which is ninety nine percent of you, uh, thank you for being patient with our experiments here of of late. And yes, uh, we're working to make sure everything gets dialed in, and it's. It's better. I think today's show will be uh, much improved over the last three or four. So yeah. thanks for being here, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Oh, I didn't give you a chance, Rob, to give your email address out. Yeah, I did. Rob G at uh, Lipson.com. Okay. So if you want to want to write me. Yep. All right, everyone. Take care. We'll see you next time here in the new media Thank show. You. Bye-bye.